This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is Rays Radio. There's a high drive deep in the air. Left center field. Brindley turns and looks. It's gone. Home run. Willie Adamas has homered again, and the Rays have a 4 nothing lead. Driven deep to right field. To the wall. Goodbye. Welcome to Countdown to Opening Day. Morton to the plate. Curve, he struck him out. What a performance for Charlie Morton. Snell ready with the runners leading at second and third. The one-two. Swing and a miss. He struck him out the Rays win. Rays win. Rays win. Coming up, Andy Freed and Dave Will sit down with Rays players, coaches, and front office executives to discuss the latest news in Rays baseball. Breaking ball lifted in the air to left field. To the wall. Brandon Lau goes now to get you ready for opening day, here are the voices of the Rays. Well, good afternoon, everybody, and welcome into our second edition of the Countdown to Opening Day show with Andy Freed. I am Dave Wills, and we are live at Thomas P's in Tampa. We're whipping them into a frenzy here on this uh, Thursday afternoon as uh, we celebrate the start of spring training, especially for the Tampa Bay Rays. Pitchers and catchers reported yesterday, and they have their first workout today in Port Charlotte. Position players will report in a few days on the 17th, and then their first workout will be on the 18th. But uh, Andy Freed, uh, again, if you are in the area, Thomas P. Sports Bar and Patio, we are outside, as a matter of fact, on the patio. It's at 128 36 Henderson Road here in Tampa. It's uh, kind of tucked in on the corner of Gunn and uh, Henderson behind uh, uh, a couple of uh, little shops here. So if you're in the area, we've got some Budweiser specials, $8 pitchers, $2 pints. Thomas P., the owner, the proprietor, is here with his smiling face. And, uh, folks, come on out here. They've got some great uh, food as well, including the Dave Wills wrap, which I might have Andy Free try before uh, he leaves. What is it. on the Dave Wills wrap? It's a wrap. cheeseburger wrap oh. that's absolutely delicious. You can't it's, go wrong with no, that. No, you can't. But uh, here we are, you know, and we're going to talk on the show uh, with Kevin Cash and Austin Meadows a little bit later on. We caught up with them at the Rays Fan Fest, which, again, it was nice to bump into the fans and talk to them a little bit. A lot of people talking about the Sister City concept. We leave that for the business side for the most part. But uh, on the baseball side, the thing that I regret is when we got done talking with Austin Meadows, I looked across in the area that we were with all the players, and Emilio Pagan was there. And I was, uh, I'll go over and say hi to Emilio. He was always really nice to us. He was always very cordial. And I'm like, ah, you know what, I'll see him next week in Port Charlotte. And now we won't see him. <laughs> Emilio <laughs> gets traded to the West Coast. He goes to the Padres, a team we won't see. A little bit of a shocker. We get Manuel Margot back along with uh, a prospect, a young prospect, Logan Driscoll. It was a little bit of a, a, a shocker to see that move because 20 saves by Emilio, the job he did. He didn't even start the, uh, with the team last year. He was a big cornerstone part of that bullpen. Yeah, I was absolutely shocked by that trade. Did not see that one coming. And you think, too, not only did he save in some big moments, uh, getting the last out of the wild card game, getting the last out of the, the clinching game up in Toronto, and performed well really from the beginning with only a few blips. And I think one thing that made him – uh, special is that a real low ego guy. I mean, they, they could use yep. him as a closer on certain days and then maybe have him come back and get an out in the seventh inning a couple days later. Never complain. 
so I, I do think that is a bit of a loss. But that being said, and this has been the conversation at our dinner table the last couple of days, why did they trade him? Well, first of all, what, what you always hear is, well, why did they give him away? They didn't give him away. Yes. They got something back. Uh, that, that, that they really feel is going to help. And, and, and Manuel Margot, we know how good defensively he is. He hit left-handers very well as a right-handed hitter. And now you're talking about range in the outfield that will not only take away hits, they'll turn doubles into singles, they'll turn triples into mm-hmm. doubles, maybe turn home runs into outs. You have two of the top defensive outfielders, really two center fielders out there at any given moment. I think late in games when you've got Margot and Kiermaier and whoever else is out there, whether it be Meadows, whether it be Renfro, who also covers a ton of ground, I think that's going to really be beneficial. They also feel that the guys that they currently have in the bullpen will be able to soak up what Emilio left behind. And with so many pitchers coming up, there has to be room created for them. So the way you look at it is it's really 30 different jigsaw puzzles going on around baseball. Pagan was somebody that the Padres needed. Would we still love to have them both? Sure. Uh, but you, to get Margot and to get this kid Driscoll, who I'm still learning about, I don't know a whole lot about him, you had to give something up. And the Rays feel that they're dealing from a position of strength uh, in, uh, in bullpen relief, and it's going to open up opportunities for some of the other guys. Rays also uh, signed Aaron Loop, a left-hander who we saw an awful lot with the uh, Toronto Blue Jays over the years. He had kind of an injury-riddled season. A year ago, 32 years old, uh, a guy that when he's uh, going healthy can get lefties out very, very well and has pitched well at Tropicana Field. Also, rules changes were announced yesterday. Uh, Andy and I will be going over them a lot during uh, the spring. 26-man roster, 13 pitchers max. Uh, two-way players being uh, kind of uh, uh, noted. And, uh, again, uh, 15-day IL for pitchers and two-way players, a 10-day IL staying in place for uh, the position players. And then we also heard about a possible tweak to the playoffs that still might be a couple of years down the road. But uh, we got a lot to cover. Again, we are at Thomas P's here in Tampa, folks. It's at 12836 Henderson Road. Uh, folks are starting to make their way in for the lunch. We've got Bud Specials, $2 pints, $8 pitchers. We've got a chance to win uh, – Raise tickets. You can sign up. We've had people do that here over the last couple of moments. We've got a Daniel Robertson bat, a Tyler Glass now uh, baseball. We've got Raise radio T-shirts to give away as well. So if you're in the area, coming out here to Thomas Pease on uh, Henderson and Gunn in Tampa. And when we come back, Andy and I had a chance to catch up with Rays manager Kevin Cash. And we'll get to that interview here in just a moment. But a reminder, Rays open spring training at Charlotte Sports Park a week from Sunday, Sunday, February 23rd against the Yankees. Grab your single-game tickets for every spring training matchup at RaysBaseball.com slash spring training Rays up. Again, we're at Thomas P's in Tampa. Rays countdown to opening day show continues after this on your home for the Rays, and that is 95.3 WDAE and AM 620. Welcome back to Countdown to Opening Day, along with Andy Freed. I am Dave Wills, and again, we are at Thomas P's on uh, Gunn and Henderson here in uh, Tampa, and it's time now to talk with Rays manager Kevin Cash. Coming off a 96-win season, Skip, and uh, you know, again, a lot of excitement about what happened in 2019. A team that went through all kinds of trials and tribulations, and yet at the end of the day qualified for the wild card, beat the Oakland A's, and then took the Houston Astros right to the end and lost in a tough five-game series. But as I've been trying to tell fans, all right, what's done is done, and that is done. But what I gather from, again, seeing the players at the end of Game 5 and talking to some of them and then now seeing you for the last few weeks 
it is in the rearview mirror, and the focus is solely on 2020. Yeah, I think it has to be. I mean, we got to appreciate and acknowledge how special our team was and how much fun we had last year. Certainly looking to build off that, but uh, this game will humble you real quick, and if you dwell on what took place last year, you're going to get caught left behind because a lot of teams went out and improved this offseason, and certainly in our division, uh, there's some powerhouses that we're just going to have to show up and play and find ways to beat them like we did uh, in 2019. And the Rays proved that they are one of those powerhouses too, and uh, to, to make postseason was one thing. In Toronto, you said to the group, people wondered if we belong here. You better believe we belong here. But then to win in Oakland, okay, that was great. To lose the first two in Houston, but then to win games three and four, I think kind of brought it to a, even, a, even another level. Do you think it was super important that this team did win game three and then won game four, knocked Verlander out, and although lost in game five, I think it kept kept building until the very end. Yeah, it would have been more important if we found a way to win game five, but uh, really, really impressive what we did. And you know what we did as a team, as a as the Bay Area, because uh, it's hard to argue uh, the impact that how much of an impact our fans had in those games three and four. And we did. We came back. Um, we got beat one and two. And, and, and you, if you guys see firsthand the confidence of this group on a nightly basis, it didn't deter them. They were ready to play game three, find a way to win and then game four same thing so uh it just that confidence continued to keep rising and hopefully we took it into the offseason you know we, i know there's a saying that andy was so eloquent in putting together after game five and i'm going to butcher it but it's something that effective that wasn't the end it's just the beginning of what could be something pretty special around here for the next few years the window is open for this tampa bay rays team people ask me all the time what do you think about 2020 i personally think we're one of the top two or three teams in the American League right now. But you've got to get it done on the field. I get the feeling, though, the players feel that same way because what was accomplished was accomplished, but these guys feel like they can do more. Yeah, I, I agree. Our, our window and our opportunity is right now, but saying that, you got to go win games. And our guys do such a good job of you know, uh, breaking that down and simplifying win the game tonight. They recognize all those things, too. Uh, and they'll do a good job of remaining accountable, working with each other so well in spring training, building towards that come opening day. You know, it's easy to look back and think these seasons where you win 96 games, 99, ultimately with the postseason that everything went well. So much didn't go well last year injury-wise. Does it whet your appetite? Does it make you think of what more could we even do if some of those injuries, especially to, to, to Tyler Glassnell and to Blake Snell and some of the other pitchers, if those things don't happen, what? where's the sky on the – where's the limit here for this team? Let, let's find out in 2020. Uh, but I agree. We, we didn't have many lineups uh, or many rosters where coming out of spring, this is where we thought these are our guys. I mean, you take Brandon Lau, you take Yandy Diaz, significant time missed by them, uh, and then with Glass, with Blake, with Yanni Chirinos, there were some big pieces uh, that, that, that for whatever reason different reasons were injured and weren't able to contribute to the level or the amount that we thought they were going to be able to we're going to do everything we can in spring to keep them healthy uh, but that's where our front office deserves some credit and recognizing that it doesn't always go your way and to be able to have that depth to cover that was pretty impressive yeah, 57 players i think 33 different pitchers 24 different stints on the injured list in 2019 as we continue our conversation with Rays manager kevin cash and kevin I know you hate focusing on you or even talking about yourself, but i got to ask you. I mean, here we are now, what, beginning the sixth season and uh, a year now removed from going to the postseason for the first time. I thought you handled yourself absolutely tremendously in dealing with the national media, was uh, were eloquent. You were a wardsmith at times, which kind of shocked both of us. Just kidding. But um, with, with that being said, how much, how much do you feel, though, like you've grown now, maybe even not just from 
the first day to now, but even from the beginning of last year to now. Well, hopefully a lot. Uh, and these players, uh, they keep you on your toes, and they're going to, when, when, when special things like that happen, you got to keep up with them. And I think our staff did such a good job of doing that. And it is, it's a bigger stage. When you get to play in October baseball, uh, you learn a lot, and you got to continue learning. And we've had, we're so fortunate, I'm so fortunate that I get to work with the guys that we have here, the players, but also the experience that I've had in the past with some pretty special people uh, that are still involved in this game. And you try to learn little bits as, uh, as you go. I got the feeling that you continued to learn about the team as it went along last year. And we keep, I keep bringing up that point in late July when it looked like things were all falling apart. And then they revved it up in September, and you still didn't even have all your horses probably even at 100% strength through the rest of the year. Did you continue to learn about the group last year as, as things went along? When Blake got hurt, and we talked about it, we, when Blake got hurt and went down, uh, I, we, were all, we all had some major concerns. Uh, what, what eliminated or alleviated those concerns was just how the guys uh, went out and performed the, the, the week after that. And then it gave us some confidence like, hey, we can do this. We, we've got some guys that can come in. Nobody's going to re- replace Blake Snell, but we've got pieces that can come in, and together we, we can find ways to, to piece it together. All right, uh, as we look forward to 2020, we're here at Rays Fan Fest and uh, a nice turnout, and people are excited about what's happening on the field with this team. What excites you the most about the prospects of this 2020 team? The fact that we might actually have five starting pitchers, that a bullpen that's coming back fairly intact and with some guys with stuff to prove that might even make it better considering that it was one of the best bullpens going in the game last year and an offensive tech that again loses Tommy Pham loses Travis Darno, but gains Susugo gains uh, Hunter Renfro gains uh, Martinez in the trade from the Cardinals and a few other pieces what excites Kevin Cash and what have been some of the things you might have been thinking about while you're on your boat here during the offseason well first and foremost what excites me is we're healthy right now Uh, we got to do everything we can to stay healthy spring training uh, is to get the guys ready performance we've said from you know for five years we're not overly concerned about how guys perform in spring training we want to get them healthy ready for a long season Uh, but we are excited about the players I mean Yoshi's right probably at the top of that list I mean he's not a rookie the rookie status you can throw it right out the window he's been an elite level player at a very high level of baseball over in Japan Uh, and I'll continue to say that we're going to let him adapt and learn and do everything we can to get him uh, underway really quick for his first major league season but he's got a a special talent and then offensively I think yes we did lose some guys we also gained some guys we gained some power we 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 gained Jose Martinez like you said that that's got a chance to be a really special bat we've got to get these guys up to speed to American League style baseball and pitching and that will be a focal point for us in spring training is that the main stuff you need to learn are there any other things you need to learn about the new group or maybe the fact you know Meadows may go more from right field to left field is what we're we're learning about too. Uh, what other questions need to be answered over the next seven weeks until we start this thing? Plenty of defensive questions. I mean, a strength of ours has been, uh, you know, last year obviously, and then even prior years has been versatility and be able to plug players in different spots and be able to still play really high-level defense. Uh, we're going to have to see if we're if we're capable of doing that with some of the new additions and find out where they're comfortable playing. So that will be. Uh, let's let's see where Yoshi looks at how he looks in left at third at first base and 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 how we can complement all those players. We continue our conversation with Rays manager Kevin Cashier in our countdown to opening day show. We are live at Thomas P's, uh, broadcasting live. We tape this. Uh, we're, you know, transparency at FanFest uh, for the fans uh, to listen to today. And as, as you do look ahead, I mean, again, we've got a great core right now. And, you know, I give you sayings all the, all the time. My favorite saying this year is going to be, are guys going to be a year better or are they just going to be a year older? Last year, Willie Adamas 
got a year better. And there's, in my mind, might have been one of the best shortstops going in the game toward the end of last season. If uh, guys like Brandon Lau get a game a, a year better, if uh, some pitchers get a year better or a year older and a year better, this really could be a special group. It could. It's, it's got a chance to be really fun. And there's certainly what Willie did was uh, pretty remarkable. And the way he played after the All-Star break, he was fun to watch. He really ignited our club for being a 23-year-old kid that, 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 that you know had a lot on his plate. He certainly didn't present that way. Uh, I think that, you know a lot of things this spring to look at. Obviously, is Jose Alvarado going to be able to bounce back? Is Pete Fairbanks, who's got all the talent in the world, all the stuff in the world, is he going to be able to put it together? Mike Zanino's going to bounce back. We're confident in that. He's he did such a good job defensively for us. He's gonna he's gonna do that same thing defensively and add to the offense. So there's a lot of things that we're looking forward to seeing, and we'll look forward to seeing him early on. It's too early to give a probably a solid answer, but could there be less opener this year? I mean, if if everyone stays healthy, what? Yanni uh, Torinos and Ryan Yarbrough were able to do that looks to be the the makings of rounding out their rotation. But then you got McKay and you got Beeks and you got a bunch of other guys. Will there be less opener, or is that something we'll have to piece together? I like the way you worded that. I think that's very fair. It could be less opener. Uh, we're going to talk through that as we get deeper into spring training, mid-March, late March. Let's see where we're at. But uh, I know everybody, the, the guys we're referring to are, are, are Yanni and Yarbs, and we're referring to them because they've been so good and so instrumental to us being successful, and people are saying they deserve that opportunity. I agree, uh, but we're always going to prioritize what is best for our team to win that night, uh, and, and I, I bet if you ask them, they'd feel the same way. All right, pitchers and catchers, and it's, uh, when we're playing this back, have reported uh, the, the full squad will be together here in just a few days without maybe going too far into it, and I don't even know if you've even rehearsed it or put notes down, but what's going to be your message to this team? I know as broadcasters and as fans, we look and say, all right, postseason or bust uh, especially after what this team did last year it was fun and we want to do it again but what's the message from the skipper to the team when they all get together you know what we're trying to keep it simple uh, these guys don't need too many messages they don't need any motivation they've recognized what's at stake what they accomplished last year and how much they want to build off of it we're going to be there to really support them uh, and get them through spring training and get going on the right step Final thought for me, how important is it to have fun this spring and to have fun during the regular season, too? I think we found even during the rough parts last year, guys were still joking. They maintained a pretty even keel. You know, you mentioned Willie Adamas, Dave, a few minutes ago, the maturity he showed. Even times where maybe he was taken out of the game, he was still the first guy to congratulate uh, someone else that had done something great. How about the fun factor for this team? They tasted it. Now moving forward. I, we've been around each other now for five or six years, the, the three of us. I think you guys know we're going to have fun. Uh, there's no doubt about it, whether it's our conversations daily or whether it's on the field during batting practice or whether it's in-game, we're going to keep it fun because that's, I think, the best way you get young players to go out there, let them enjoy themselves, let them be themselves and, and win games, and that, that's always fun. And you have fun when you win. And I think that that's part of it. Although, Dave, as we know, we always have a good time. We lead the league in fun, we like to say. But uh, I, I think it's a very confident Kevin Cash. I think it's a very confident group down the road a bit in Port Charlotte right now. And I'm just glad this thing is here. You know, pitchers and catchers are throwing today. Mark Topkins tweeting out some pictures. And this is, uh, this is the beginning of what we hope to be a nice long road deep into the fall. And it feels like spring. I mean, it's, it's a little warmer. Maybe it almost feels like summer. But we are outside here at Thomas P's. We're talking baseball. we got Rays fans uh, showing up in their Rays gear. 
it's time to get back to work. I think, uh, and see, my, my wife might be the loudest cheerleader right there knowing that I have to get back to work uh, here in the very near future. You say not for lunch every day, but today it's okay because we're at Thomas P's Sports Bar and Patio, 12836 Henderson Road in Tampa. Budweiser specials, $2 pints, $8 pitchers. This is countdown to opening day, 42 days until the Rays open against the Pirates with Dave Wilsheim, Andy Freed. When we come back, we'll hear from Neil Solans, and then we're going to hear from Austin Meadows, uh, all-star outfielder for the Rays, last year and maybe again this year. Countdown to opening day on 95.3 WDAE and AM 620. We continue on Countdown to Opening Day with Patrick Venable and also Chantal Avia, and uh, they're tied to a big event with the Ybor City Baseball Museum that's coming up. And Patrick, tell us a little bit about what you've got going on. Yeah, so I'm chairman of the Ybor City Museum Society, and we're working on building the Tampa Baseball, Baseball Museum at Al Lopez House. We were actually able to get Al Lopez's childhood home from the 275 expansion. They actually, the county brought the building over to Ebor, uh, and we are done with getting the certificate of occupancy. We've also installed the first set of displays that will be in the museum, and we're working on completing the fundraising to get the museum ready and complete. Chantel, that gets to you. You guys have a big event coming up to help with that, right? We do. We have Home Runs in History in Centennial Park in Ebor City next week. That event is free, and Lupinella is our honorary host. Uh, the Rays are our title sponsors, and uh, we're going to have all kind of exciting family-friendly events. It's from 11 to 3, again, in Centennial Park in Ybor City. Now, part of our fundraising, which will go directly to the exhibits for the new museum, is a VIP event where people can hang out with Lupinella, Arrested to Stride, and some other players. Um, and that's a ticketed event uh, that they can find. Or uh, we have a raffle that the Rays have donated with uh, four tickets to the Rays Club and, as you know, a visit to the broadcast booth and all kinds of cool things that you're going to be able to do that day. And uh, all this can be found at tampabaseballmuseum.org forward slash events. Great to see both of you. Again, that is Patrick and Chantal uh, talking about the... Tampa Bay Baseball Museum, again, tied to the Ybor City location as well. And let's go back to Dave and Andy. All right, Neil, thank you very much. And how about that? Al Lopez's actual house. I mean, when, when have you ever heard of that? It's now going to be that uh, Hall of Fame there in Ybor City. The MLB Ballpark app, it's your all-access pass to Tropicana Field. Enjoy easy access to mobile tickets. Use Rays Pay for concessions and merchandise and receive exclusive offers all on the app. The Ballpark app is the official app of Tropicana Field and is available for download at the App Store or Google Play today. With Dave Wills, I'm Andy Freed. We're at Thomas P's Sports Bar and Patio at 12836 Henderson Road in Tampa. Budweiser Specials, $2 pints and $8 pitchers. And we've got it geared up now to hear from Austin Meadows, all-star last year for the Rays. What a season. He had 33 home runs. So many things uh, turned for his career, heading in a tremendous direction. And when Dave and I got a chance to sit down with him at FanFest last Saturday at Tropicana Field, obviously, first thing he talked about was just how much fun last year was. For us, being able to you know, relax and, you know, after that, the playoff run and, and be able to go home and kind of reminisce on the season and um, all the new faces, all the friends that we had made, the friendships we made, um, the great year that we had, um, you know, not only individually but as a team. Um, so it, it was definitely definitely good to, you know, talk about those things. But we're, we're really excited to, um, to get back on the field in 2020. Think about where you were a year ago at this time. I mean, you had come over in the trade for Chris Archer during the previous season, for, made a little appearance toward the end of that year, 
gave us a, kind of wet our appetite as to what might we might be in 2019, and you were really assured maybe of being a starter and an everyday player going the last season at this time. But not only were you that, you were what AL Player of the Month, you were an uh, uh, MVP of the team, you were a big part of the Rays going to the postseason. How do you feel physically, mentally, differently than maybe you did a year ago at this time? Yeah, um, you know, it, it's completely different going into it this year. Last year, um, I was, you know, obviously I, ta- I told you guys Cash had called me last offseason telling me I had a spot on the team, but I was still fighting for a spot. You know, I was still going out there and trying to earn myself on the team and earn a position on the team to play every day. Um, and now going into this year, knowing that, you know, I have that, that role, that, that everyday role, um, you know, it's, it's definitely a blessing. And being able to contribute like I did last year and, and have all the, uh, all the, all the accolades and um, everything that I did for the team last year was definitely, definitely a blessing. And, um, you know, you know how hard this game can be. So I definitely want to try to keep keep that up, um, you know, going out there, having a good year. But most importantly, staying healthy, staying on the field. Um, and that's, that's been that's been the biggest thing for me. I know when I'm on the field, I can contribute to the team and I can um, I can do really well. So I'm looking forward to getting out there. So many things went so well last year. And I wonder from your standpoint, the evolution of it, because as the year went on and your numbers are starting to pile up, I sense that other teams were approaching you a little bit differently. And come postseason, a lot of the talk was, well, they've got to stop Austin Meadows or they've got to deal with, with him, whether it be the A's or, or the Astros in postseason. Did you sense that the league started to adjust against you when you started to have the success you were having? Yeah, I mean, I think for me, um, being able to have that strong second half, um, you know, and that that was really good for me. But, you know, obviously pitchers adjust. These are big league pitchers. Um, and, and they know how to pitch. So, you know, I think we ran into, obviously we ran into a good team. Um, you know, we ran into a good team that had good talent, had good pitching staff. And uh, for me, um, you know, that's my, my first playoff experience and being able to go deep, like, you know, like what we did, being able to um, experience that entirely different ball game. I mean, with the atmosphere, um, just the emotion that goes into it. So being able to really, um, you know, really go about that was 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 a lot of fun and a big learning experience for me um that the season's very very long and you try you play for those you play for those times though you play for october um and you know i think i'm gonna we're gonna continue to do that here shortly when you look back and we're visiting with austin meadows here on our countdown to opening day show when you look back on 2019 is there anything that does stand out i mean uh, again you mentioned and we mentioned the accolades but uh, again the magic number getting over 30 homers a few of the other things Andy and I I mean you can't get anything by us we we thought that you know there was a stretch where you weren't swinging at a lot of first pitches and next thing you know we found out it was about 77 at bats in a row it only took us about 56 to gather in but you know with that being said you still hit close to 300 to 30 home runs plus home runs all-star I mean what, what when you look back at last year what what is something that you kind of look back most proudly on that's funny. You're the first pitch. My dad, my dad goes nuts when he watches the game. So you're the first pitch. So that's the best. That's the best you're gonna hit. That's the best pitch you're gonna get. No, I'm just kidding. But um, you know, for we were doing the same. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, it's not only my dad. That's good. But um, you know, I think the thing that stood out stood out to me was you know I I had a down month. I think it was, and um, after I got hurt, I got hurt here early or middle or early May, um, and then after that I kind of hit a slump. I think it was June. And, you know, I kind of bounced back after that. And just to continue, my biggest thing was continuing to my routine every day um, with Chad in the cage and basically just continue to do what I've been doing, not try to change too much, simplify things. And, you know, I think the biggest thing that stood out was the home runs because for me, 
as a guy that came up through high school, came up in the minor leagues, I've always been a guy that hit for average. Um, always put the ball in play, doubles guy, single, you know, hit for high average, a lot of hits. Um, and then my power never really started to develop until about AAA or so with the Pirates and um, a little bit last year in Durham. And it just kind of took off for me. You know, I think I found the right thing to do and the right stuff to do in the cage that just, you know, I just go out there and try to compete. And, uh, you know, hitting, uh, if you were to tell me I would hit 30 home runs last year, I don't think I would have believed you. So being able to hit over that was, was, was definitely cool. The two, of the two of those home runs that I remember most, the one off Verlander on opening day and the one at Dodger Stadium. That, that was the one, too, that, that won the game, right? I'm trying to remember there was so much that happened in that game, the comeback against Kenley Jansen, on and on, and then your home run there. That, that was one of the most important moments of the season. That one, I can tell you, you're smiling over that one. Yeah, for sure. You know, there was a lot of cool stuff to go on. But, you know, towards the end of the year when you be able to do stuff like that um, and, and solidify yourself, um, you know, into the postseason and, and get your team into the postseason and help doing that. Obviously, I'm not saying it's me. We had our entire team to attribute to that. But being able to, to do that late in the game in Dodger Stadium, I mean, that, that's, that's what you dream of. So um, there's a lot of stuff, good stuff that happened. But I, I'm, I'm looking forward. Um, I'm looking forward to putting a good together, put good season together having a, we have a lot of new faces and um, you know I'm looking forward to meeting the guys and, and getting out there and competing talked about this with Blake Snell last week on the show we talked about it already a little bit with Kevin Cash and I'll ask you the same thing 2019 comes to an end with a tough loss to the Astros in game five but you know again when you look back at the way that this place uh, Tropicana Field was filled up for games three and four the atmosphere the energy that was developed as the year went on 96 wins I get the feeling, and Andy and I talked about this, that while you guys were all pumped up with the way things uh, that you accomplished in 2019, but you weren't satisfied. That I got the feeling as we were saying goodbye to everybody in that clubhouse after Game 5 that this was only the beginning, that this team really did have their eyes set on a uh, bigger prize. And I get the feeling that that's something that's going to drive you guys forward here in 2020. No, definitely. Um, you know, obviously we were – Excited and, and you know we were blessed to be able to make it through the po- make it in the postseason and, and stuff like that. But we we know that we have the talent that goes farther than that. Um, we know we can compete with the best teams out there. Um, being able to compete, obviously, with the Yankees in our division and and having a good record against them and just playing against the, you know the top teams in baseball and being able to compete day in and day out with them. Um, we know that we're a young team that we have the talent as much as anybody else, um, both on the pitching side to the offense to the defense to everything we have. We know we have a good package, and uh, I'm just looking forward to get going, man. We know we can do it. Defensively, last year a lot in right field, sometimes in left field. Now Fam isn't here. You may be over in left field more. Are you okay on either cor- uh, corner infield spot, and what do you want to work on defensively too? For sure. Um, I want to go out there. I want to prove that I can go out there each and every day and, and help the team defensively. You know, I dh a decent amount last year. Um, but, you know, for me, a big thing this offseason has been working on my defense, working on uh, my base running, working on, you know, quick steps, just trying to get faster and quicker um, and stronger. So, you know, I, I definitely want to be out there on that field every day. Um, I'm not saying I don't like DH and some days you need it, for sure. But, um, you know, for me to go out there on the field every day with my teammates and, and, and help them on both sides of the ball is, is uh, was important to me, and that's, that was good. Final question, and again, we thank you for taking the time to join us. When, when you, we talk about Austin Meadows and for everything that you did so well last year, you talked to the people around the game and you talked to even uh, your hitting coach, Chad Matola, and they still think you're just scratching the surface. 
from a, from an individual standpoint, does that put more pressure on you, or is that something that you appreciate when guys seem to think that there's more in the tank for Austin Meadows? No, that's 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 cool to hear. You know, I think for me, um, being able to do what I did last year, um, you know, I think I just want to keep doing that. To be honest, you know, I want to do that, but better. I think you try to, as a player, you try to get better in each and every aspect of the game. Um, you know, you hit 30-something home runs, you want to hit 40 the next year. You just want to keep going and keep, you know, because you know you have that in you. So, um, you know, for me, it's a blessing to be out there. It's, it's uh, you know, I think I'm definitely scratching the surface, and I'm just excited to prove to everybody when I'm on the field that, you know, I can keep, I can, um, you know, keep putting up numbers and, and uh, contributing. Austin, we thank you so much for the time. We look forward to it, and uh, let's get spring training underway. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Go Rays. Austin Meadows, uh, last Saturday at FanFest. Uh, with Dave Wills, I'm Andy Freeware, Thomas P., Sports Bar and Patio on Henderson Road in Tampa. Budweiser Specials, $2 pints and $8 pitchers. And, Dave, as we close out the show here over the next couple minutes, and boy, did it go fast. Great lunch specials going on today, too. That uh, He mentioned defense, and he mentioned to us, I can't remember if it was on the air or off, that he doesn't mind DHing. And you wonder if Meadows' DH time could go up a little bit now that Margot and Kiermaier are there. I mean, Meadows is going to be in the lineup every day, but I like that he doesn't mind the occasional DH time. No, he doesn't mind it, but the question is how many DH opportunities are going to be there, though, because you have Susugo, and then you have Diaz, and you have, uh, uh, you know, Jimon uh, Choi. So you have other guys, too, that are kind of uh, in situations where, all right, where are they going to play, and are they going to be better suited as a DH? You know, the Rays got back to run prevention the last couple of years, and that's why Margot's here. And I think Austin Meadows knows he needs to be a little bit better defensively in the outfield. Will he shift over to the left side now? That's probably where we'll see him. The Rays really want to see him show the athleticism that he has at the plate to really now to show more out in the outfield as well when it comes to jumps and maybe a better arm. So maybe playing in left field will take a little bit of the pressure off him defensively, and then you don't have to worry about it because Kiermaier can drift over a little bit more now with Margot, maybe in right field or however they want to play it. But, uh, he, you know, he knows, and that's what I think I liked hearing about Austin Meadows. Here's a young kid that in his first full season makes it as an all-star, was player of the month, player of the week a couple times, whatever. And yet he, he still feels he has to get a little bit better. And yeah, I like that. Yeah, and he was accountable, too. He and Brandon Lau both were in that game one in Houston when that pop-up uh, off the bat of Gurriel, and it looked like, I think it was Chaz Rowe, looked like he had gotten a big out to keep mm-hmm. it a, a really tight game. And I think bottom line, it ended up being where Meadows probably needed to be a little bit more aggressive in that spot. That You talk about run prevention. If you're going to double and triple down on it, you can't make those sort of mistakes, and he was certainly accountable for it. And, and, and the question is, too, exactly how are they going to fit all these pieces in? You know, Mark Topkin had an article, did they tinker too much? I think that's, a, that's an, easy, uh, an easy pot shot to take. Uh, but I, you know, I was saying this to my family the other day, we do need to trust what this front office is doing. To go from 66 mm-hmm. to 80 to 90 to 96, I do think they have a sense of an idea. And by doubling down on defense, I th- look, they, we learned that in other years too. The, the fewer you give up, the less you have to score. Always heard about depth too. And uh, the Rays really, the depth got tested last year. We said what they use, uh, 57 different players and uh, 33 different pitchers, I think were the final numbers. And so, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're building up. We got caught uh, a little bit over the years by not having enough depth and uh, you know so you got to give kudos to Eric uh, Neander and company who have been able to build up some of that depth to, to help overcome some of the injuries that will probably happen over the 2020 season we just hope that it doesn't happen as often as it did in 2019 and uh, you know you're right now some of the Bakota ratings have come out and most people as I've been saying I picked the Rays to be one of the top three teams in the American League the Bakota ratings I think have the Rays as one of the top four teams they have the Yankees who uh, are at, what, 99 wins. The Astros, 
were in the 90s, and then they have the Minnesota Twins yeah. in the low 90s, which I think might be a little bit of a, 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 a stretch simply because I think the White Sox got a little bit better in the American League Central. I don't think they're a playoff team, but I think they're not a rollover like they were the last few te- uh, years. And Cleveland took a couple of steps back, so maybe it's easier to win games in the American League Central than it is in the American League East. But the Rays were right there at about 87 wins, which would get them into the postseason, which I think, again, is something to shoot for here. But uh, you start looking ahead, and yes, uh, we've got some depth. But for me, it's going to be all about the pitching. Is, is, are we going to be able to hold things together? i got my brother-in-law, Tom, here. We've talked about how deep this uh, starting staff is, and are they as good as some of the previous starting staffs we've had? I think i still got to put them in the maybe number three until – we see that Tyler Glass now can last the whole season until we see what Yanni Chirinos and Ryan Yarbrough can do as starters and maybe not just as bulk guys. But it's, it's a formidable staff. And then our bullpen situation with Emilio Pagan being traded, you know, who's going to step up? Uh, you know, to me, one of the big guys I'm going to be watching during the spring is Jose Alvarado. He had mm-hmm. an absolutely lost season. And I, quite honestly, as I've said a couple times, a little surprised he's even still on the team. But uh, he supposedly is in a better spot. Uh, we heard that his uh, parents have moved here from Venezuela. That's one less thing for him to have to worry about. Hopefully, if, if Jose Alvarado is really, really good, and you think back to April of last year when I was talking about the two-headed monster of Alvarado and Castillo, if he's healthy and if he's good, the Rays' bullpen should have no worries. I think, in a sense, they're, they're actually betting a little bit on Alvarado making a, a strong bounce back. Uh, that's part of the reason why you can deal Pagan. So lots to come. We've got just a couple of moments left. Our calendar is filling up. Certainly you and I are going to be down in Port Charlotte uh, this coming Saturday for the Boys and Boys and Girls Club dinner. That's become a tradition. And then the next time we're on the air after that, it's going to be games. Uh, on the 22nd, I want to mention, too, that Neil Solans is going to be taking over countdown to opening day. And the next one will be uh, 1230 on Saturday the 22nd, right before. So we really are uh, we're going. It'll be here before you know it. And again, want to thank everybody here for coming out to uh, Thomas Pease in uh, Tampa here at uh, Gunn and Henderson. Nice crowd for a uh, Thursday afternoon lunch. we still got some things to give away. We'll give them away when we uh, come off the air here in just a little bit. But thanks to Tom McHale, the, the ever-smiling and uh, always uh, just you want to hug him all the time, Tom <laughs> McHale, for uh, helping us out here and putting this all together. And Andy Freed, thanks for coming out to my yeah. neck of the woods. Maybe I'll, I'll treat you to a Dave Wills uh, wrap. For, I'll for take lunch. that. And uh, we'll, uh, again, we thank uh, everybody for coming on out here. And uh, we will see you on the 22nd for realsies. It's not almost realsies, I guess we can call it, when the Rays take on the Red Sox in Fort Myers. And 42 days until the actual opening day. We want to remind you also that Countdown to Opening Day is a production of the Tampa Bay Rays Radio Network. Our executive producer is the man sitting very comfortably over to our left. That, of course, is Larry McCabe. Today's show is produced by Chris Miller. Engineered by Tom Ponzo. Our 2020 production assistants are Stephen Cusimano and Jeremy Sneed. Starting next week, Countdown to Opening Day moves to Saturdays and Sundays before Rays baseball. And that is our next broadcast on Saturday the 22nd. The Rays against the Red Sox in Fort Myers. And then we're also on the air once again the, the next day from Port Charlotte when the Yankees come down. It'll be Yankees at Rays. And then opening day, 42 days away, the Rays hosting the Pirates at 410 at Tropicana Field. For Dave Wills, I'm Andy Freed. Thanking you for listening to Countdown to Opening Day on your home of the Rays, 95.3 WDAE and AM 620.